Welcome back to the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about five things first-time homebuyers should know. Let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate Podcast. I'm here with Tom Krieger, head of the Tom J. Krieger team. And I am Joe Brown. I am the marketing director here at the Tom J. Krieger team. And a good job you do, Joe. Uh, thank you. Where's my raise at? Uh, yeah, not that good. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so now we're going to talk about five things first-time first -time home buyers should know. And I think these are some big ones. Uh, I think the misconception is having ready to put down 20% on a house that you're going to buy. Uh, but, but that is, that's, that's a huge misconception. It can be as little as 3% down with a conventional loan. And that's a minuscule amount. But I think knowing your affordability is a big thing, right? So planning to know what you can afford when buying is, is going to be the biggest thing. Now, there's some things that experts talk about. Um, can you can you illuminate maybe a little bit about that? Like what a first time having that conception of what affordability is to a first time home buyer. So, lenders, mortgage lenders have ratios they like to see, mm -hmm. and those ratios consist of what are your fixed expenses versus. Um, your adjustable expenses. So like your food, mm -hmm. going to the grocery store, that's adjustable. Sure. The gas you put in the car, that's an adjustable expense. You know, even your utilities are adjustable expenses. Sure. But your car payment, your life insurance payment. Rent payment. Your rent payment to an or, extent. Your, or your mortgage payment. Those are fixed expenses. Okay. So what lenders like to do in general is not allow you to borrow more money so that your payment, along with your other fixed payments, don't exceed 46% of your gross income. Okay. Okay? So that's a rough number how they figure that out. Gotcha. Okay? 28% um, of your fixed income is usually what they like to see your mortgage at if you have the standard payments for fixed expenses like an automobile, some credit card debt, maybe a television or something like that. Okay. Okay. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. So so someone making and here's an example, someone making like four thousand a month income, which isn't too much, but you should consider a mortgage payment of one thousand one hundred and twenty dollars. And that's roughly 28%. Yeah, give or take a few bucks, yep. Sure, sure. So um, a lot of times when I'm talking with, with clients who are buying for the first time is to look at your rent payment. And, and that can roughly translate to your affordability because that's already in your in what you pay monthly. Um, if you're providing, you're paying your rent on time. Uh, yes, exactly right. And, and that, that it is, you can live your lifestyle still comfortably. I always try to warn, don't be house poor. Yes. You know, like you, you can still have a life outside of the home and you should, you know, you, you, if you want to take your, your spouse out to dinner or something, you should feel like you're able to do that. Um, but yeah, use your rent payment sort of as a base to as as far as comfortability goes in your mortgage payment. So that's something I try to uh, some advice I give to 
first-time home buyers that I work with. Yeah. You know, Joe, there's something I want to put in here. We haven't planned this on our podcasts, but, you know, when we find people who are house poor, you walk in the house, there's no furniture. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, don't be house poor and don't be furniture poor either. You don't need to buy the Thomasville, yeah. okay, or the Lane Furnitures. You know, Wayfair has some pretty decent stuff that you can start off with on your first home. Yeah. Be smart in your purchases after you become a, a home buyer, too. Right. Okay? Yeah, right. And and you can have something that is not Thomasville. Yes. And, and go lesser and then upgrade as you move along. You know, you don't have to carry any more debt than, yeah. than you should. And here's the other thing. You can go on many different websites and find used furnitures at 30 cents on the dollar and good stuff. Yes. Because those old farts like me that are selling <laughs> our furniture because we're downsizing, Yeah, Boy, there's good stuff out there. That is very true. Yeah. yeah. And especially um, ones where we see the active adult communities they where they no longer can really fully take care of themselves and have to yep. go into a home where they can get more care yep. that way. Um, and they, they can't fit all of their furniture into those those little apartments or whatever their situation is from Correct. that point. So yeah, keep your eye out for stuff like that. Maybe that's a, a little tip for you. Look on Craigslist uh, up in those those retirement areas and you next can find some Next door is another place you ne- can find them. Exactly, yeah, yeah, Facebook. Um, the, the next thing that we want to bring up is picking the right real estate agent. Obviously, that's huge. Uh, someone who can really explain the process to you has um, supplementals even to help you uh, can point you in the right direction of where to research further. Uh, like we talked about in the last podcast, millennials do like to research things a little bit more. They like to know more about it. Um, what uh, what do you see? What's your advice in picking the right real estate agent? Well, you know, there are several questions you want to ask, okay? Is the agent a single agent or are they on a team? If they're on the team, are they, you know, are they one of the seven dwarfs or are they Snow White? If they're a single agent, how busy are they? Are they a full-time single agent or a part-time single agent? Yeah. Okay, those are some of the questions you want. How many deals have you uh, put together or how many homes have you sold in the last 10 days, Mm. 10 months, 10 years? Yeah. Okay? Uh, Remember, you're a first-time home buyer. You need all the help you can get. You need somebody to tell you where the landmines are. Yeah. Being a first-time home buyer with a brand new agent isn't necessarily a wise thing to do. Sure. Because that new agent doesn't know where all the landmines are hidden. Sure. And it may make the process unpleasant for you. One gotcha. of the one of the things I tell people is that the average life of a real estate agent is six months. Yep. It's a revolving door. If you have an agent that's been in the business for a while, they understand how the business is and they'll be there to guide you through and avoid hitting the landmines that are out there. Yeah. And the uh, previous five episodes, we talked about landmines. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We, we certainly did. And if uh, those types of agents, you would be surprised if they go through their license renewal process. Exactly. <laughs> they won't Also, Joe, you know, you can let them know that on our website, we have information on what questions to ask the real estate agent. So there are pamphlets there. You can explain that to them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and our website is www.thetjkteam.com. Uh, we put a lot of time and effort in putting those those guides together. Um, we have a millennial buyer guide, and that's, that's uh, 
tends to go towards first-time home buyers. So be sure to check that out. They're free resources for you, um, and they're they're on our resources page. Uh, so the next uh, thing we have here is there is no such thing as the perfect home. It's it's hard to get that uh, that sort of mental image, you know. I think we have this similar thought with relationships on who our, our first person that we're going to date is going to be, you know, tall, dark, and handsome. Uh, is that the, the person who we're going to, to be with? Well, most likely not. The same, I think, happens to a home. What, what are your thoughts on that? So if you want a perfect home, don't buy one because that's the perfect home because there's no problems <laughs> with the home you don't own, yeah. right? Um, you're buying used houses. Yep. It's used. Yep. That's why they call it used. And, and what do you what do you say to new construction? New construction in today's market, it's not always going to be, yeah, perfect. Yeah, supply chain issues, labor, labor shortages. Yeah, um, demand for product to be finished early are causing some shoddiness on new construction. Okay. Okay. Um, several areas, several cities throughout the United States, the television. Um, reporters have been doing exposés on some of the shoddy material, mm. shoddy workmanship that new construction builders are putting out. Now, they're not doing it on purpose. Sure. This is not to badmouth the builders. There's a lot of pressure. There's just a ton of pressure, and they're not the ones making the cabinets. Right. Right? Right. They're trying to buy the cabinets. Unfortunately, the cabinets has, have component parts. Some parts are from Italy, some parts are from Canada, some parts are from the United States. So Canada and the United States, they got all the parts, and next thing you know, there's a COVID outbreak in Italy. You can't get the hinges. Hey everyone, we want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise. Also, we are licensed realtors practicing equal housing. Now, let's get you back to the podcast. And, and you know, they don't want to keep these properties. They want to sell them. That's how, They don't right. want to hold on to them. They Holding want to, costs the builder money. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So the longer that they hold on to them, the less they want them. Trust, yeah. trust us when we say that. They don't want to hold anyone up in this process because it doesn't help anybody. Right. So, okay. Uh, yeah, those are, those are some big ones there. Um, you, I think you have to also measure your wants versus needs. Um, you know, so what do you need in a home versus what would you like to have? You know, I would like to have a pool. Well, is that something that you can add in later? Can and you it, afford it? it? Can you afford it? Yeah, that's another expensive. Goes back to when we talked about being house poor. Yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes on a first home, we just want to get our feet wet. Yep. We're gonna be in a. We're gonna be in our first home for two to three, four years, maybe. Yeah. You know, very rarely do you see somebody buying their first home and staying there for forty years. Yes. Our grandparents did that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Your great grandparents did that, but times have changed. Times for have sure. changed for sure. Right. Yeah. Now they say the average lifespan in a home right now is ten years. It used to be seven years, like twenty-five years ago, seven years. It's ten years. Um, I think that is going to change over the next ten years. I think we're gonna. We're going to shrink the amount of time we're in our homes mm -hmm. because our needs are going to fluctuate. And the, the satisfaction of convenience for society is 
going to increase, meaning that the convenience of the home needs to increase. So we may be leaving our homes that doesn't have an office in the house to go buy a home that does have an office. We're going to leave our house because we don't have a smart system in our house and I need a smart system in the house. Yes. Okay. So I think that's going to shorten the existence within a home from 10 years, maybe down to six, seven years. I think that's I think that's where we're going. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. And then to get back to the idea of a perfect home, I, I've, and I've seen this before firsthand where they see something that they really like and is really attracted to them, uh, attractive to them. They go and see it, but they don't make an offer on it. And they go, well, I think there's going to be another one that's going to be better. Well, then they're sitting there waiting for a few more months. That one, and they, they, they sort of kick themselves going, ah, oh, what, you know, I, I completely missed out on this thing that I, I really liked. And, and it's, it's unfortunate to see that. And, I, you know, as much as advice as we can give, we can't convince them. Failure to launch. There's always a prettier girl coming in the yeah. door. Yep. There's always a guy that's more handsome, more wealthy, and will treat me better. Yep. Yep. That is true. So you know, don't, don't wait around. Don't drag your feet. If you see something you like and you're ready, yep. make the leap, just, yep. just go do it. Um, the next thing is do your homework, which again, I think a lot of millennials start to do. It's, it's important, I think, to get used to areas, especially if you're not from there. You know, uh, if you're from there, get to know the areas and the neighborhoods that that attract you most. You know, there might be certain businesses or um, even types of communities where there might be younger people or older people, you know, that that you might jive with a little bit differently. So I think doing that homework in those areas is very important. Let me share a little little, uh, story with you, Joe. Okay. A year and a half ago, I had somebody come in and says, look, and I want to rent for a year and then see what the areas are like and then I'll buy. And I talked to them. I says, you know, the market's doing really well. You may want to buy with the thought of selling in a year to a year and a half. Take the appreciation rate of the property and um, use it to, to the house in the area that you want to live. Yeah. So the gentleman listened to me. I, I mean, I had, a, had a, what we call a Dutch uncle conversation with him, right? Mm-hmm. He was very happy because he made $62,000 in that year while he was there. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, he applied that for the down payment of the home that he wanted to, in the area that he wanted to yeah. live. That's basically free yeah. money that he just exactly. pocketed and, and then upgraded. Exactly. And he says, you know what? I got to live someplace. Let's live someplace. It's not the area for you in a year, year and a half. We'll sell it. We'll make some money and then go buy something in the area that you want. Because yeah. had he had been renting, he'd have just been throwing money out the window and he would have lost the 62,000 that he made, he would have lost it. Yeah. See, (laughs) there, there you go. That's a big one. Yep. Um, another one, we just did a podcast on contingencies in your, in the contract, uh, especially within the Arizona contract in, in particular, because that's where we're located. Um, you know, it's good to know those, those contingencies within that. Um, and, and again, I refer, we'll even link it, uh, down in the bio on that. Um, so, you know, be sure to to learn about what those contingencies are in your area. It's always good, again, to go back to pick the right real estate agent who's going to be giving you that information and guiding you through that process. Um, the next one is to know your tax credit options. We are not tax people. No. We are licensed realtors. I'm just a taxpayer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We are licensed realtors. We are, we are not licensed to talk about 
um, any type of taxes, any type of tax situation. So be sure to talk to your your financial person, your CPA. Um, so I, I think it is a good idea to work with a realtor who keeps up with first-time homebuyer options. And hyperlocal, we have... Um, we have first a lot of first-time homebuyer programs here and, and where you can get a lot of tax uh, options to where you can write the the tax that you're paying on your monthly mortgage off every year. So that's a, that's a pretty solid program. Can you speak a little bit about that? Well, most of the uh, local first-time homebuyer programs, uh, tax-exempt programs, are specific to areas. So I don't want to make a generalized statement. Sure. What I say is talk to the real estate agent in your area, find out if they know about it. If they do, great. If they don't, talk to a lender. Yeah. Okay, there are a lot of first-time down payment programs for first-time homebuyers where they'll give you the money for the down payment on the house. Now, there are stipulations with that. Everything, you know, unfortunately, the government is wrong. There are no free lunches, okay? So (laughs) you eventually have to either pay the money back or stay in the house for a certain period of time. Usually that's five or seven years. Yeah. If you sell the house prior to the expiration of that time, you have to prorate the payment back to them. Yeah. and this this is a, a program that is mainly geared towards first time home buyers yep. and, and to incentivize them to to buy a home. Yeah, or you so, haven't bought a home in like ten years. Yeah, 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 exactly. So and and uh, there's another one too with that. You ask your tax professional on this one too. Uh, if you buy down points and buy down your interest rate that we talked about earlier, which is increasing. By, so, by the day. So, Joe, let me speak to that. Sure, I yeah. just had a conversation with the lender today, one of our great lenders, Sienna Comer with Guild Mortgage. Um, I said to Sienna, look, I've got a buyer here that has a tremendous amount of money for the down payment, but they have to stay within a certain price range because of his income. Mm-hmm. Now, he has a lot of money because he's got an inheritance, right? Yeah. Not enough to pay cash for the house. Yep. I says, is there a way we can buy the points down to lower his monthly payment mm-hmm. and not put as much money down? Yeah. He'll have to finance a little bit more, but the savings per the monthly payment will be such that he can get into this house. And so she says, okay, let's do the do the algorithm here. We've just calculated out the number. And for an extra $8,000 of buying down points, in other words, you give the lender $8,000, yep. um, he got his rate down to 2.85. Nice. Okay. And by doing that, it kept his payment within the uh limits, if you will, or we use the term ratios for the lender based upon how much money he uh, generates a year as income. He had a big down payment. So he's not putting, he's putting $8,000 less as the down payment, which means nothing in the monthly payment, right. but he bought the interest rate down, which means everything in the in the in, uh, monthly payment. Yeah. Yeah. And basically what you're doing is you're prepaying the, that interest yep. up front. Yep. Uh, and, and with that, you have the potential to write that off. Yep. So again, be sure to talk to your tax professional uh, who can help you out with those things. Uh, Tom, thank you for this great episode. There's a ton of information here that we could really go down a lot of the rabbit holes on. Yep. Um, so if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Our info is down in the description. Um, and again, we have that buyer's guide on our website, www.thetjkteam.com. Uh, feel free to go check that out. It's in the resources tab. You know, there's a there's a lot of really good stuff on there, so please go check it out. Uh, and if you have any questions on this podcast, reach out to us. If you have a topic that you want us to cover, also feel free to to get out at us, reach out at us, and we will 
we will talk about it and hopefully get it up here on the podcast. Uh, until next time, Tom, thanks a lot. We'll see you then. Hey, thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty Podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team. If you are thinking about buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, please reach out to us. We are local here in Tucson, Arizona, but we are also connected to over 4,000 agents across the US. So again, looking to buy, sell, or invest in your hometown, reach out to us and let us connect you.